Welcome back to Die Sexy, the podcast that talks about all there is to achieve ultimate health and vitality. Your host, longevity specialist Adrian Smith, will bring you an integrated approach to the human body. All right, welcome back next week or a new week, a new episode. And I think today we wanted to do a little Q&A um, specifically with training. So you asked me, cause I always ask you when we're at the gym, like just a variety of different things, um, regarding training. So one of those being, um, neurotransmitters and how that plays a role in training. And then also when you're like putting together a, a program for somebody, so whether they're dopamine driven or acetylcholine driven. I think that's really interesting and how transmitters play a role. So if you can kind of go a little bit deeper on how they play a role. Okay. This is a huge topic. Um, So I want to keep it very simple. We know that there's multiple neurotransmitters. We've got GABA, serotonin, glycine, glutamate. We've got norepinephrine, and then we've got acetylcholine and dopamine. For the purpose of this, I'm going to stick with just acetylcholine and dopamine. Is that because they're most, you see that more often in people or no, just no, because nope. then when you're dealing with the, the idea of exercising, okay, there's typically three types of people. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have your dopamine driven, your acetylcholine driven, or your serotonin driven. Okay. Okay. Um, when I'm working with a training program, I will deal primarily with acetylcholine and dopamine driven because even if you're serotonin driven, I can pull you up during your training. Okay. okay? Here's what I mean by that. Yeah, this is what I mean. It can be a very <laughs> big topic. Um, in for me, okay, let's say this first of all. If you're a dopamine driven person, let's let's just talk about what this even means. If you're a dopamine driven person, you're typically a person that likes to go in lift heavy, long rest periods, go home. Yeah. The acetylcholine, I consider them like the little hummingbirds. Okay. The little like jazzercise classes and <laughs> yeah. let's go here, let's go there, let's do this, let's do this. And oh, I, I can't rest in between anything. I got to go, I got to go. That's also called attention deficit disorder. But okay. <laughs> um, so knowing the difference, right? Knowing the difference between somebody that has ADHD. Yeah. And someone that actually is acetylcholine driven. Okay. 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 Serotonin driven people tend to be your why people. They're going to question you to death. They don't really know if I they should like do it. That's me. <laughs> I'm always like, why? Why? Well, but your why is different. Your why is different than a being a little afraid. Yeah. Okay. The, 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 the serotonin type people are going to be your artsy people. Okay. Your musicians, your artistic people, your dancers, and so they really like what they do and they're very much into the little stuff. So they why you to death, mm-hmm. but for no reason. Okay. It's more of a fear factor in a way. Okay. okay. Um, I call those people like the sloths, right? They just move really slow you okay. know? and they don't really have much ambition at all. But you, like I said, when you're training, you can change that. You can, you can get into changing that. And I won't get into that. Um, because it's not what I teach. Okay. For the most part, it's a tool that I use. Okay. But I, I don't mind giving some insight on it because I think it's helpful. Um, but there, there are other people that do teach us. Now, how did I get into this? I mean, Charles used to, this is how Charles worked with his athletes. So even if you were on the same team, it doesn't mean he trained you the same because not only are there different players of that team, but let's say you're all wrestlers, right? Mm-hmm. 
if you're a wrestler that's dopamine driven, you're going to be trained differently than a wrestler that's acetylcholine driven. If you're serotonin driven, you're probably not a wrestler. Okay. You're probably not an Olympian. Okay. Okay. So when I'm looking at somebody to design their program, I can look at that person and say, I don't look at, it's not just looking. There's some, there's some things that you pay attention to. There's some cues. There are some questionnaires you can fill out. There's like the Braverman test um, that Charles used to use a lot, but people can sometimes just answer those the way they want to be perceived and they're not being honest. Mm -hmm. The other thing is you can only take that test once. That's it. Once it's it, that's it. That's done. It's finished. Um, and that, that tells you what it is. So you can't keep, because now you know the, the questions, now you know the answers, so on and so forth. Right. right? So right. you don't want to, you don't want to take it multiple times. Okay. So one other aspect to remember is your neurotransmitter expression or expression, I guess is the best way to say it, or your reserve of that, of that neurotransmitter can be off based on what's going on with you that day. Okay. Okay. You're still going to be that person that tends to be driven more so by that one, mm -hmm. but it can fluctuate. It, it can fluctuate okay. a little bit. And, and also, you know, like I said, I, I was told at one time, like, like I just talked about serotonin driven people and the fact that they don't really like to lift heavy. I've had some people from the orchestra that come in there and you put some, you get them deadlifting some heavy weight and their pupils dilate and they're like a totally different person. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. You can use exercise to kind of bring that out in someone. Okay. So say if you're serotonin driven and you're, you have them on a program that lifting heavy and is, so are there neurotransmitters fluctuating during that training? Yes. Okay. Yes. You can use that to stimulate. Okay. okay. Um, so let me kind of break it down into, into these two types, and then I'll explain how they can kind of cross over. So someone who's dopamine driven is going to be more of your kind of powerlifting person. Okay. Okay. You tell them to do 10, 15 reps and they're going to look at you like you're crazy. Okay. It's not going to happen. That's cardio. Yeah. That's, that's cardio. Yeah. <laughs> they want to come in, they want to lift heavy and they want to go home and take a nap. Yeah. Okay. Because dopamine also depletes quickly. Okay. Okay. They also tend to look for more of a reward. Okay. They want to know, like they came in, they lifted heavy they want to see what they increase. They want to get it. Rawr, they, 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 they go for that lift. Okay. You know, like, yeah, oh, I got it. Tired. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, also you can kind of look at them as like, um, uh, Andre Benoit once said, they're like a diesel engine. It takes them a minute to get warmed up, but once they do move out of their way. Okay. Okay. But it doesn't last long. Yeah. It doesn't last long. Your acetylcholine person is going to be more, like I said, that hummingbird, that person that wants to move from one thing to another, to another, to another, to another. They don't really like even circuit care. training. Yes. Or... And they don't really care about their reward. They don't really want to feel that heaviness under their arms or their uh, under their, I say arms because I'm doing a bicep curl for those who can't see, <laughs> but under their body. They don't really want to strain to really drive that. They're muscle. not trying to hit PR. Nah. No, okay. I don't care. All right. They just want to kind of go in and move around. Okay. okay. They like, how many reps can I do while I'm talking to you? And what do you mean? I got a 60 second break. Can I cut that into 20 seconds and just, but they miss out mm -hmm. a little bit on that muscle growth side of it until you can kind of be like, stop. You almost have to grab them by their face and be like, slow down. Are those those people where you're like, you need to count your tempos? Yes. And it's almost like they're, it's almost like their attention deficit is so bad that they just can't even focus for 
40 seconds to do a set. Mm. You know, it's mm -hmm. like they want, they want a five second set. They're on to the next one, five second set, onto the next one, five second set. And they don't care about their load. They don't, you know, it's like whatever in and out. How much, how quick can I get in and out? Mm -hmm. Okay. So gut can cause that to be an imbalance also. Okay. Okay. So again, that's another topic, but I'm just trying mm -hmm. to explain this. So we know with acetylcholine, the main point of that neurotransmitter is that it kind of works with that parasympathetic nervous system. It's going to be your learning, um, uh, attention, how much attention you have to learning, <laughs> which mm -hmm. they don't have much. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then also the excitability of your neurons as well, excitability of your body. So again, those people are very excited. Mm -hmm. They want to go, they want to go, they want to go, they want to go. Your dopamine are going to be, they require more BDN, BDNF um, to kind of focus. They're, they're going to stimulate that part of the brain more. They have improved motor performance also. Okay, so they, they're able to really kind of focus and get into their body and kind of feel it a little bit more because they can actually slow their brain down a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Because they want that rush. Um, it also, they're looking for that physical reward. They want the reward afterwards. So for instance, somebody who's looking for a dopamine, I mean, sugar, sugar is a reward. Mm -hmm. Okay. But what happens just as quickly as that dopamine rush gets in, it goes down. And what do you do when you're looking for something else? Okay. Yeah. Your dopamine driven person, like I said, are going to be more, your power lifters are going to be more of that, 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 they're looking for something. Um, they're also going to be people who take more risks. They're okay. going to take more risk. Okay. Mm -hmm. Jumping out of airplanes, driving really fast, doing stunts on their motorcycle. Um, they're going to be those kind of people. Okay. Okay. But like I said, their brain also gets tired very quickly. Okay. So they got to replenish that dopamine faster. Acetylcholine, again, they're not going to take as many chances. They're not looking for that type of excitability. They just need to constantly move. They mm -hmm. need to constantly be doing something, 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 something. Mm -hmm. So as far as like training, so when developing a program for somebody, are you, so someone that's dopamine driven, are you going to start, are you going to incorporate more circuit training for them or you're going to keep them on like, well, how you, would you do you that? Can, you know what? And it, it depends. So I'm a hybrid. Okay. Okay. I'm a hybrid, which means, and you know for this sure. because you've trained with me. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I was going to say, you're like a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, I am the 1% of the 1%. There's not many of CrossFitters that are very good at CrossFit are also that type hybrid. now. Okay. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm not meaning any disrespect. I'm just trying to explain the science behind this. You have some CrossFitters that I see that are like, taped up and bandaged and using braces and using this, they're not really, they're not a hybrid. They're not, okay. They're just very good at covering up what's really going on, okay, in their brain. And, and that's a, we can talk about that later if we need to. I don't think that's necessary. But your real good CrossFitters, typically, if you would do their testing on their neurotransmitters, have a little bit of both, okay? Because for me, like I said, I can be that way. Not only do I recover very quickly, but... I want to go into the gym. My warm up is like six to eight sets of like three to five reps of hooking heavy. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, okay, great. Warmed up and I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. Now I can do all my accessory work. I, and I don't mind going up to, I don't, it's not my favorite, but I can go up to 15 or 20 reps on something because I can still feel that burn and get that connection because of the dopamine side that I have. Yeah. So I can stay focused inside my body. 
And the feel of that burn is enough to excite me, mm-hmm. right? It's like mm-hmm. I'm psycho. It's like, <laughs> I love it, <laughs> right? Reward, reward. Yes, reward, reward. Grow, motherfucker, grow. <laughs> um, so so for me, I, I can do that. Okay. And, and you know I can I can train for a long time also. Yeah. Like I can go. If I'm training someone that's more leaning towards the dopamine-driven side, I'm going to be giving those short reps. Long rest period, short reps, anywhere from, I mean, you're lucky if you can get eight out of them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you're a good coach, though, you know better than to just train them that way. Right. They need that accessory work. Yeah. Okay. Acetylcholine driven, they're not going to sit there and do, you know, three to five sets of something that's really heavy. Mm-hmm. You're, it, they're not going to do it. They're not going to want to. Will you get it out of them if you're coaching them one-on-one in person in their face? Yes. However, if you're writing their program and you're doing it online, they're not going to do that. They're not going to go heavy like they should. They're not going to get anything out of it because they're too focused on everything else to even get into their body to feel what they're supposed to feel to make sure they're doing it right. Gotcha. Okay. So now again, you guys, this is very general. I'm trying to get through this really fast, but if I'm training a program for somebody that's dopamine driven, I'm going to look more at a powerlifting cycle accessory work. Yes. But know that they're going to be tired and they want to go home and take a nap. Okay. Mm -hmm. The acetylcholine driven, they're going to not want the heavy stuff. They're going to be more high rep, more, less rest period, things like that. But you as a coach need to know if you're a good coach, if you're a good coach, you should be able to tap into both Mm -hmm. and know how to train that person to get the benefits regardless of what they want to do. That's taken me a long time to figure out, but I've been able to do it. Yeah. Like I said, I can take somebody from the, from the orchestra that plays an instrument, get them into the gym and fucking turn them into a power lifter. Yeah. Just like I can turn them into, for lack of better terms, a CrossFitter or a bodybuilder. Okay. Yeah. And this is where I get into program design too. I think that what happens is we categorize so effing much, so effing much in the gym or in life in general. Okay. The human body is the only machine that the harder you work at, the stronger it gets, except in repetitive motion. Stop thinking I'm dopamine driven. I can only be, I want to be a power lifter. I can only be a power lifter. Here's another thing. I had somebody that thought they were dopamine driven that wanted to be a power lifter that I did their DNA test and their body showed that they don't want to be a power lifter. That is why that person is always injured. That is why that person cannot lose weight. That is why that person cannot get past a certain weight in their lifts. That is why that person keeps getting injured. You are not genetically designed to be a power lifter. Just because it's cool and just because that's what your friends are doing and that's because the type of gym you're going to doesn't mean that's what you're supposed to be doing. Right. When I started training that person differently and I would give him his heavy lifts because it made him happy because he was dopamine driven. But when I started giving him his heavy lifts, that's what you want. That's what you need. Now let's back off a little bit. Let's do some accessory work. Lost weight. Injuries went down. Lifts went up. I was going to say, did they go up? Yeah. Yeah, He was able to actually start adding more load to his bar. And how do you get, how you do a DNA testing to see what you're driven? Okay. Yes, ma'am. Um, and, and like I said, you can, the neurotransmitting test, I don't really know of one that's, I mean, you could do a saliva test for yeah. it. You, um, is there one for, is there one for blood? Is there a blood work one for that one? Good question. I don't know, but you can do a neurotransmitter test with, with your, um, saliva. But again, sometimes that could just be what's going on with you at that time. Like if you're highly stressed, if you're running a lot your of neurotransmitter, 
transmitters will be different. They're going to be off. Okay. All right. If your gut can't talk to the brain, your neurotransmitters yeah. can be off. Okay. Right. So that's what I'm saying. You have to understand all of this is with grain of salt. You guys, I'm giving you a basic information on program design. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, if you're a good coach and you know these people, you know the questions to ask in order to do that. So then someone that's acetylcholine driven, I'm going to give them something that's more of a circuit training. I'm going to give them something that's like super setting, drop setting, um, progress, not even progressive overload. That would be more for dopamine driven people. Mm. Um, but I would give them like rest pause sets. I would give them 21s. I would give them something to keep that muscle under tension and let their brain think it's doing something different all the time. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. To keep them entertained yeah. per se. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's how I would look at it. But again, it goes to the same thing. Bodybuilders shouldn't just do bodybuilding training. They should actually learn to lift a little heavy. Powerlifters should be learning to do accessory work and not always lift heavy. That's how you keep your body safe. I mean, I've been lifting for 26 years. I've done bodybuilding, strongman, uh, and powerlifting. And as you know, I can do all of those in my training in one day. Mm -hmm. And knock on wood, I don't have any injuries. Yeah. And I'm still getting stronger mm -hmm. at my age and as long as I've been doing this. Okay. Yep. Um, but again, it's knowing when to back off with your training program. How to right? balance it. Yes. Out. You know, how, how long are you doing the powerlifting phases? How long are you doing, you know, if you're, if you're working up to a meet, you train for that meet. When you're done with that meet, back the F off. You don't get back into the next blocks of powerlifting. Right. Okay. No. If you're a bodybuilder, learn to lift some heavy weight every now and then. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. With shorter reps. Add some weight to your bar. Stop doing freaking 20 and 30 reps, right? Yeah. Like add some weight to it. Um, yeah. And the biggest thing is form. Okay. Yeah. Does that, does that help? Does that answer yeah. some questions? No, for okay. sure. I mean, and there are different, there are other neurotransmitters, but we that just wanted play. to focus on two because this would take us forever if we went through them all. Yes. Um, next question is what training systems do you utilize with your clients? Um, it kind for of like, I guess like for this question, it was like just, in general, what are some of the training systems that, you know, you use most? Because I work more with gen pop right now, I would mm -hmm. say the methods in which I use are going to be your supersetting are going to be your circuit training. But then I also add in that, that strength side of it, that powerlifting yeah, side of it. I've seen both. Yeah. yeah. And, and the reason I do that is because, especially if you're gen pop, okay. If we all trained like an athlete, how much better would we be? Humans are not meant to sit at a desk all day. Mm -mm. We are hunters and we are gatherers. Yeah. Okay. You're supposed to be out there hunting animals, dragging them back, carrying them on your back, lunging and squatting with weight on your back. Okay. Naked. Naked. <laughs> and you're supposed to be planting, harvesting, towing. You know, you're digging. This shit isn't easy work. No. Yeah. Okay. So to me, I, I like to mix it. I like to know my individual. And I mean, I'm not going to name names. You've been in the gym long enough to mm -hmm. know. There are certain people that I can give them heavy weight for, for a lift. And, and I think I always I always add in deadlift, squat, bench, and overhead pressing. Yeah. Always. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's working with, with creating a well-rounded individual. And as you know, I don't believe in... If you're overweight, let's make you skinny first. And if you, um, now that we've got you skinny, let's add some fat back to you. So now we can build muscle. No, I don't believe in that. I have been doing this long enough to tell you guys that I can help you 
have muscle underneath your fat suit. So when you take it off, it shows and you don't have to starve. You don't have to do 80 billion hours a week of cardio. You don't, you don't have to do all of that. I've proven it with multiple, multiple different body types, mm -hmm. with metabolic issues, with hormonal imbalances, with gut issues, with replacements. I mean, hell, I've got people that have three and four joint replacements yeah. that I have been able to make them look balls And move better move also. Better. Yeah. Yes. Like they're yes. lifting heavy weight in there. Sometimes. Yeah. I see some guys in yeah, there. Yeah, they're lifting heavy weight. Also, using the programs to correct something. That's an, yes. another thing I do, yeah. right? I do body work. I can get you on my table and I can address things and I can fix things that way. But to make it permanent, you have to balance the muscles. Some people have come to me with shoulder issues, hip issues, back issues, knee issues, and have never gotten on my table. But I've been able to use the exercise mm -hmm. programs. And all of a sudden, they don't even remember that they had a shoulder yeah. problem when they came in. Yeah. And that can happen within three months. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you know, as far as the system goes, it really depends on the person for me. I really like to get individualized with everything that I do. You know that. Even if I work with my clients online, I want to see you move. I want to watch your exercises. I want to, I want to know what's going on so that I can create the program to make you better. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and also I, I want to make it fun. No, nobody likes to work out. Nobody likes to work out. Let's be real. Yeah. So, you know, I, I gave a little speech recently, if you want to call it that on social media on about the difference between being, you know, you hear being Consist dedicated, yeah. being dedicated and then loving something. Listen, if you don't, love something, you're not going to be dedicated to it. So even if you don't love working out, but you love yourself enough to know that working out is going to help you age better mm -hmm. and prevent diseases and make you feel better as you age and make you move better and make you look good naked and make you die sexy, then you're going to do it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. We may not, you know, be dedicated to being a parent, but we love our kids. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we take care of our children because we love it. I use the analogy in the, in the social media post about football. You're not dedicated to football. You love it. So you can find the time to watch it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you love something, the dedication will come, right? The determination will come. The consistency will come. Yeah. Okay. So I, I think love that. Love thyself. Yeah. I think that, you know, I'm sorry, I can't give exact methods, but I think it just depends on what I'm doing with that person and who they are. Yeah. Um, this is good. And I think I already know the answer to it, but what are some of the most common mistakes you see at the gym? And I know yesterday we were training and <laughs> you're like, is it just like, does nobody go in range in motion anymore? Like, <laughs> Okay. So it's interesting. Um, I've done interviews in the past and, and I've said my old answer used to be that men go too heavy and don't pay attention to form and women also don't pay attention to form, but go to light. That used to That's be common. Yeah. Yep. You see that a lot. That used to be my biggest mistakes in the gym. Mm -hmm. However, as I also did a post this week on social media, I think that social media has totally screwed up the fitness industry. So now I'm going to say the biggest mistake I see in the gym is a, you are not getting with a professional. Okay. A professional is not somebody that looks good naked because they are doing what they're supposed to. Let's just say that. And because most of the time they're not, they're pretty on the outside and they look like shit on the inside. 
blood work, DNA tests, stool tests, all that shit will show that they are ugly on the inside. Just because someone won a bodybuilding show, competes in powerlifting, competes in strongman, is a crossfitter, does not mean they are a professional. Right. Now, I will also say it doesn't mean that they don't know what they're talking about at all. Right. They know what works for them. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think that social media has allowed a lot of people to look at videos of people doing some really silly things and they think it works for them. Or they're doing it with wrong form. So they're getting a lot of false information a out lot. there. They're getting nuggets of information, even if it's not false. Yeah. Okay. Let's say you are following somebody that is a professional, that is educated. You have to understand that they're not working with you. Okay. They're working with the, they're just saying things in general. It's almost like advertisement for them. It is. Yeah. It is advertisement for them. And the reason is because you want to, they're trying to get you to be their client so that they can actually help you. Mm -hmm. Purchasing a program online or from someone and utilizing it. There are some people that really know how to design a program. There are some people that do not have a fucking clue. They only know what they do. Mm -hmm. Okay. Either way, it's not necessarily going to fit what you're doing. It doesn't fit your goals. It doesn't fit your body. I remember, you know, back in the, in the early or the late nineties, early two thousands when social media, um, YouTube, Mm -hmm. Google, whatever became popular. Yeah. Everybody started measuring all the angles <laughs> of us like a squad oh, or my God, yeah. stop, stop. Everyone's angles are going to be Everybody's angles are going to yeah. be different, right? I mean, everything's going to be different. Your arm length versus your hip length versus your torso length versus your femur length versus your, your tibias, tibialis length. Like stop. Do you have dorsiflexion? We sit. So the way people used to move back in the day are not the same as they move now. We didn't sit as much. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now all we fucking do is sit. That's going to change the way that your body moves. It's going to change the way your sexual system is supported and what's, what's, what's moving through your body like that. Hence the reason I think correctives should be a bigger part of the training part. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So I think the biggest mistake is, Purchasing a program that is designed for just about anybody, whether it's a good program or a bad program, and not getting professional help. A 17-year-old kid that is that looks good is not probably going to help you. And here's the sad part. I can't even be mad at the kid that's getting paid to write the programs because he's just marketing. Mm -hmm. He's just sitting back collecting a paycheck sending you a little message every now and then tweaking your program. Maybe, maybe, maybe once every six weeks, if you're lucky, you know, he doesn't give a shit right? because he doesn't know anything. Right. He's just giving you what he's, and I shouldn't say just he, you guys, because it can be a she I've seen, seen, seen lots of this. Seen a lot too. Of them. You got big boobs. You want to show a nipple and you want to bend over in a video. All of a sudden you're an expert. Okay. All of a sudden you're an expert. Just because that person looks the way they do doesn't mean they're going to help you look the way they do. A person that is educated, that is a professional, you should seek their advice. And if you can yeah. do it in person, that's where you're going to see the biggest results because yeah. they're going to be able to tweak 
every if they're a professional they're going to be able to see the front the side the back they're going to see everything from the little twist of your pinky yeah right or even like with you you tell people like um i'm trying to think of an example like a bro or something and you're like get it out of your hand like yes. the tension in your hand like you can kind of feel that energy and it's like focused more on the back yeah i've seen this new this popular thing going on in the gym with these kneeling one-arm rows and i see i'm like that's a pretty bicep curl <laughs> And these guys are like grabbing their serratus and they're like, oh, I can feel the crunch. And I'm looking at, I'm like, dude, you're literally doing a bicep curl. You're not even getting, and then they wonder why their shoulder hurts. Right. I mean, so the biggest mistake I can see in the gym is people are going to social media for advice. Stop. Yeah. And it's, it's all over the place too. And it's, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So biggest mistakes in the gym check uh oh i like this one okay so what are your, some of your favorite supplements that you like to take prior to training so like okay. what's your stack my pre-workout yeah okay and again this can be a it little changes, bit different probably. yeah it can yeah. be a little bit different um you know i've been doing this a long time and i'm fortunate enough to be healthy enough that i can add these things um but my pre-workout is going to be your amino acids i like to take my branching amino acids uh, leucine is going to be 411 ratio. So I'm going to definitely have more leucine than anything else for that mTOR response, you know, support my muscle. Um, I also am going to put um, rhododola extract. Okay. Why? Rhododola, no one, no one talks about that. Um, it increases strength. It helps with stress and fatigue. It increases exercise performance. So what it's going to do is help your muscles to kind of, how should I say this? It balances the, the acid in the muscles in a way but it gives you more energy in your muscle so you can go a little bit longer. Okay. For me, it's more of that muscle contraction, the focus on my contraction. Okay. Okay. You know, I like to feel, <laughs> I like to feel nothing. Like if I'm doing a bicep curl, I feel nothing, but whatever bicep I'm working. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. If I'm doing a pull up, I'm feeling nothing, but my, my arms aren't even there. So I really like that, that focus in my muscle and. And you <laughs> notice the difference you take. I, I have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also it simulates the nervous system. Okay. okay. So that you're not getting tired and it's not the same as caffeine. Caffeine sometimes can be bad for some people taking it before their workout, you know, and, and yes, there, there's some good benefits to it because it does give you that little bit of mental focus, but I think people do too much of it. And if you are deficient in glutathione, it can kind of get stuck in your brain and actually make you more tired during your workout. Mm. It can also make you aggressive during your workout. I've seen some people be very angry because of the, the stimulus of the brain. Um, so for me, coffee doesn't do well for me. Even if I take it in the caffeine capsules, doesn't do well for me. It makes me tired. It makes me not being able to focus. Mm. Whereas the rhododola actually gives me a good stimulus, a clean focus. Now, do you do that in like focus. a powder? Or yeah, like a, I okay. do everything in powder. powder. Yeah. Okay. So I actually buy all this and I mix it together myself. Um, I like to add beta alanine. First of all, I just like a jingly feeling. Um, really? I don't. Oh, I don't I like do. that feeling. I love that. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> but again, <laughs> it's that dopamine, right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. instant gratification. <laughs> um, but again, it's going to be that vasodilator in a way. It's going to increase your performance um, via the. Um, so it gives you that pump. Is it that vasodilator, uh, right? It will. It will. It will increase the volume of blood flow for sure. Okay. So what's nice about it is it's not always about the muscle pump, you guys. It's about getting that ATP increasing. You know, so every time you get a contraction, it's in and out. Remember there's an in and an out. 
So you want to get the nutrients in there when you get that contraction. Mm -hmm. And then when you, it goes out and then it comes in and it goes out. So even if your fascia is stuck, you're not getting that contraction. You notice okay. you'll get fatigued faster. Gotcha. Okay. So that blood, that increase of blood flow gives you that creatine ATP into the muscle fibers each time. And it, it just, it's a flooding of nutrients, flooding of blood. And it just keeps you being able to, you know, keep that endurance. Even if you're doing, you know, a, a, a let's say a compound movement or a power lifting to where you're going heavy. Mm -hmm. You want to be able to feel that, yeah. you know, you want to be able to get that in there. Um, it um, increases performance via the regulators of acid in the muscles. Okay. So the beta al alanine. Yeah. Yeah. And okay. it's going to clean, clean all of that out of you plays a role in production of carnosine also, which is good for, for muscle strength and uh, endurance and stuff like that. I also put citrulline in it. Uh, citrulline again is going to help with that blood flow dilation of blood vessels without the tingly. If you don't want the tingly, then you could add something like the citrulline. Um, it, it, Again, increases muscle performance and endurance in the in the um, in the muscles. Also helps with muscle fatigue, but then it also helps with recovery um, and also can increase the strength. Okay, mm -hmm. so that's pretty much what I put in my pre workout. Um, now, if I am waking up and going right away and I'm fasted, I might do something like um, a carb in there, like a little bit of a of a sugar. Like ATP Labs has a great one called Pentacarb. Now, I definitely don't use as much as most people do because I'm not a fan of of all that big melodextrose and stuff in your system because it does eat your gut lining. But this should go through you fast enough that it's okay. So sometimes I'll put a little bit of that in there. But for the mm -hmm. most part, I'd rather do some maple syrup or some honey, okay. you know, on my tongue before I go. Um, and then typically I'll, I'll sip that through my workout. And then after my workout is a whole totally different thing. But you asked me about pre-workout. So we're going to stick yeah. with that right now. Okay, we'll do And I'm not doing dosing, you guys, because... Um, it's going to be different for everybody. Nah, yes. And also I don't want to get into the, the legalities of giving dosing. Right okay. 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 All right. So do you want to do this last one? Sure. I just threw it in there because okay. I like talking about booty. <laughs> uh, what are a few of your favorite glute exercises currently and how do you execute them? So, Oh, that might, let's yeah, just execution. pick one. Yeah. Let's just pick one. Oh, my one of your favorites. <laughs> All right. If I had to, mm, can we do the butt curl one? Let's which, just do the booty, booty builder. The, and like okay, the how you execute it. Because okay. I was doing it completely wrong and I was utilizing more hamstring and not glutes when doing this. And Adrian taught me how to change that up. Okay. So I'm going to do my best to explain this to those that are just listening. And then mm -hmm. also a little bit of a demo here, but I'm going to be using my hands and maybe we'll get into doing some videos okay. on, on training as, as this, as the channel grows. So if you guys want this stuff, Please like, subscribe, share, because this helps us to understand what to create for you so that we're not just wasting your time and our time. Okay. Right. So we're, we're learning each other here. So trust me, my brain can go in a lot of different places. So <laughs> throw it at me and let me know what you want to know. So I think I, I like the hip thrust. Okay. A lot mm -hmm. of guys stay away from it because they think it's girly, but there is a very um, renowned Olympic record holding power lifter that does nothing but hip thrusts. Okay. Okay. Now here's what I'm going to say. If you have a kyphotic spine and you sit a lot and your hip flexors are tight in the front, don't do this. Don't, don't do, don't do hip don't thrusts. Do no. Okay. Because you're, because they're going to do it wrong and they're going to accent what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Now, if you can do it right, which here's why. Okay. If a muscle is tight, your brain is going to find that first. 
So this is where I get into, again, that corrective sign, mm -hmm. right? So someone's coming to me and their hips are forward, their back is kyphotic and their head is forward and their spine is rounded. You know, that hunchback position, I'm not going to give you hip thrust. Not going to give you hip thrust. So with that being said, if you want to give this a shot, the thing with the hip thrust is rolling the hips, okay? It's not just throwing the bar up or the weight up like you're trying to F something, okay? <laughs> you want to think of rolling um, just like you would roll a yoga mat or roll a towel or roll a joint, whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. You want to think of rolling your pubic bone on top of your belly button. Okay. And you're doing that with as you're going up, as you're lifting yes. the weight up. And you're using your glutes to do it. So you should not feel hamstring. You nope. should not feel abductors. Um, you should not feel adductors. You should not feel quads. You might feel your lower abs if you're doing it right too, because they kind of work synergistically yeah. to, to you're pulling and you're, you're contracting. So they work kind of synergistically together. Yeah. And in order to understand that, you have to know what the hip bones and all the attachments of the muscles look like. So forgive me if you don't. Um, this is just the way my body works as I get in there as that mechanical brain kicks in. Um, but if you, if you think of curling your hips more so mm -hmm. than just pushing your hips towards the ceiling, you're going to get a big, a better contraction. The other thing to remember is the, the, the key part, <laughs> the key part of that range of motion is the top. Yeah. Okay. So you're pushing the weight up with your glutes. But then when you get to the top, you want to hold that squeeze. Yeah. And you want to feel nothing but your glutes. So you want to think of holding that weight up with just your butt cheeks. Okay. okay. Then you lower with those butt cheeks, let it rest, get some and blood you're reversing that motion in the hips. The same exact way you curl up, you uncurl. Yeah. Yes. Okay. With control and keeping the glutes contracted the whole time. And I'm, let me tell you, like the first time that I did this, the next day, I felt nothing but my glutes sore. And it was like, wow, yeah. was I doing those wrong? Well, and we've done pretty good with that. I think, I mean, I did quads. Uh, Monday is my quad day. I feel, and I did compound movements. I feel nothing but my quads. It's all about those angles. Right? It is. It, and it's about that mental connection. It's also That's about it, There's it, a lot about it. And but. it's also that, that good program design, just saying, yeah. <laughs> you better know how to design a program because let me tell you. Yeah. So when we do glutes, we typically only feel glutes, which again, we're doing compound movements, but hamstrings don't get sore. Adductors don't get sore. No. Quads don't get sore. Oh my gosh. When we do hamstrings, only our hamstrings are mm -hmm. sore. Mm -hmm. So if you want a very good program designed for you, please reach out. <laughs> <laughs> Click on the description box. Below. Yes. <laughs> All right. So that was fun. Um, I like doing these Q and A's and I hope we get to do some more here soon. Um, until next time, we will see you all later. Have a good one and yeah. Talk to you guys soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.